The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Hey, good to see you this morning. How's everybody doing, New Song Church? You guys good? Hey, help me welcome everybody watching online via YouTube listening to the podcast this week. We're so glad to have you with us. We got a couple of cool things happening. Next Sunday is our Friends and, and Family Sunday. And so it's going to be a really cool weekend. Great services lined up. And we do, one of the reasons we do this is not only we want to provide a great service for you for, as we move into the Christmas season, but also uh, we want it to be a, a great opportunity for you to invite some people to church. And, and so I can tell you this, we're going to do some special stuff next week, and worship has an incredible worship stuff set up. It's going to be really, really good. But also, I'm going to be preaching a message on the gospel of Jesus Christ, one of the messages for those people who are lost. So if you know lost people, this is a great service for you to invite them to come with you. And as you leave today, they're going to be handing out some little uh, Ziploc baggies full of invites. I want to encourage you to take those, pray over those, and then put them into people's hands, all right? If they stay with you, they did not accomplish their purpose. There's been a lot of work to get them to this point, but if they stay in your car, it's, it's worthless. It didn't, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So make sure you get those into your schools, you get those into your offices, you get those into the, the surgery rooms. Jake, just be spitting them out, buddy. All right, get them out there. And then uh, another cool thing that we're gonna be doing is on uh, New Year's Eve, we are going to have a special preview for you at the new lease building. Yeah. Now, it is not going to be done, okay? It's not even going to be close to done yet. It'll, it'll most likely be, just so you guys know, March before we're actually in there because there's a lot of red tape to go through with the city, with, with all the construction that has to be done. But we wanted to give you an opportunity to preview it before some of the work gets done. So what we're going to do is we're going to have it all set up so you'll be able to come in. We'll hand you blueprints so you'll see what it's going to look like. And then people will tell you what's going to be, what's going to be where, like where stuff's going to be, like the nursing mother's room. That's, we're going to have one of those. It's going to be awesome. And uh, what, where everything is. And then at the end... Uh, we're going to go into the auditorium, and we're going to have a time of worship. We're going to take communion together, and then you'll be able to go over to one of the walls before it's been painted, and you'll be able to write on it uh, maybe some stuff that God's placed on your heart, some verses, some things you're believing for, and just kind of put faith on the walls of the church, and then we're going to paint over it later, all right? But it'll be there, just hidden under paint. Uh, but we're going to have three, uh, three opportunities. What we're doing is we're going to have hour-long opportunities where we can have 100 to 120 people in each one of them. So you'll sign up uh, next week. You'll be able to sign up for one of those different windows of time so that you can come and be a part of that. It's going to be really cool. So um, today we are continuing our series called Home for the Holidays. Would you help me welcome the lovely Sarah? She'll be preaching with me this morning. I like it when you preach with me. It's fun. It's nice having you up here. You know, sometimes I don't got anybody to look at. It's nice to look at you. So anyways, I guess I look, see, I can't see real well up here. I can kind of see you, but the lights, it's, you know, so it's good to see her. All right. I like her. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Big fan. All right. Uh, So we've been in this series called Home for the Holidays where we have been talking about relationships, because we've been saying if your relationships aren't right, then you aren't right. And so we started the series talking about your relationship with God, because if your relationship with God ain't right, none of the other relationships in your life are going to be right, because you ain't right. 
But if your relationship with God is right, then you're right, and all of your other relationships can flourish because your first relationship is right. So uh, the next week, last week, we talked about marriage and how important the marriage relationship is and how if your marriage ain't right, you ain't right, and how to get, get practically how to get your marriage in the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about friendships. Because how many of you know if your friendships aren't right, then you aren't right. If there's stress in your friendships, if there's anger in your friendships, if there's hurt in your friendships, it's going to mess with you. It's going to do some damage to you. Okay, so understand this. God created you to be in relationship with other people, to have friendships. You're created in the image of God. God is a triune being. He is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You were created in His image And so when God created Adam and placed him in the garden, we see that he's looking at everything he's created and he's saying it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good until he looks at Adam by himself without a connection to another human being and he says it's not good. People not being connected to other human beings, God says that's not good. You need relationships with other people. And so what happens is when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we're born into what's called the family of God. And a family is connected, right? Well, you're, you have a family. You're connected with your family by blood. You have the same blood. And because of Jesus now, we are born into a family, and we're all together connected. And God wants you connected. God is your father, and you got a bunch of brothers and sisters. Turn to the person beside you, and based on if it's a boy or girl, tell them, what's up, brother? Or what's up, sister? And so, so God created you to be connected, and it's God's desire for you to be connected. And if you're not connected, you can't do what you're called to do. You need to be connected to other people. So, so we all know some of these truths. We are currently moving at the speed of our relationships. I'm moving at the speed of my closest relationships. You're moving at the speed of your closest relationships. If your relationships aren't right, we aren't right. They say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The five people that you're closest to in your life, you're heading in the direction. So if they're taking you in the wrong direction, you're going to go in the wrong direction. So it doesn't matter. You can be saved. You can be filled with the Spirit. You can be going to church. But if your friendships aren't right, they're going to pull you in the wrong direction. So we got to get our friendships right. Everybody say with me, if your friendships aren't right, right. you aren't right. So to help you with this, we're going to look back at the Christmas story once again this weekend. And we're going to look at the relationship, the friendship relationship between Mary and Elizabeth, because there's some great stuff we can pull from this story that's going to help us to navigate the relationships that God has brought into our lives. So if you got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, if you got a Bible, you got some kind of a device that you got with you, set on silent, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a device with you or anything to read along, you can read up here. We'll have it on this big old Bible behind us. And uh, I want to encourage you as we read this this morning. I, I think sometimes, especially with like the Christmas story, it's easy to get familiar with the story. And we quit, we, we kind of begin to forget that this actually really did happen to real people. Like these people in the story, like this really was going on. So I want to encourage you to stay connected as we're reading these verses and put yourself in the place of Mary. Put yourself in the place of Elizabeth. Think about what maybe they were going, what was going on in their mind, what was going on in their, in their thinking as they're dealing with all these things. All right, so I'll read, and then Sarah, you read for Mary, all right? Got it. Okay, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
That's I, you, baby. Confused and <laughs> totally yeah. missed my cue. Okay, yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> confused. What were you thinking about there? I don't know. Okay. Uh, confused and disturbed, <laughs> Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Sarah Newsom Blunt, everybody. Give her a hand. Yeah. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And listen, if you found Jesus, if Jesus is a part of your life, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Okay, so Mary has this 60-second encounter with the angel Gabriel. And we can see from the text that she's experiencing all kinds of emotions. She's experiencing frustration. Uh, she's experiencing uh, uh, confusion, disturbed. She's afraid. She's more confused. And then we see this moment where she has... Uh, just this resolve. And she, full of faith, looks at the angel and says, okay, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. And then the angel leaves. And I'm guessing she was a little surprised by that. Like, oh, hold on. Like, wait, I've got more questions. And can you give me just 60 more seconds? It, but he didn't stick around. You think common courtesy, like he would have given her some advice about how to tell Joseph or her parents or maybe given her the due date. Um, or like, you know, some information on how to sleep train the savior of the world, yeah. but none of that. He just up and left. Uh, but it is interesting to me that of all the things that he could have brought up in that 60 second encounter, yeah. he brought up the fact that Elizabeth, her relative right. was six months pregnant. Like why of all the things did he bring up Elizabeth? Yeah. I think it's because he knew that after Mary heard that, that she would think, I'm gonna go see Mary. I'm gonna go see Elizabeth. Yeah. She's experiencing something supernatural like me, and I'm gonna go see her, and I have, I'll have somebody to talk to about this since yeah. the angel obviously is too busy to stick around. So he knew that if he mentioned Elizabeth, that she would go see her, and that's exactly what Mary did. Now I wanna rewind like six months, back up six months, so that we can understand who Elizabeth is and what the circumstances uh, surrounding her pregnancy looked like. And we find this out in Luke chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. It says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. They were careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. Now, this right here is just baseline. We're talking about the best of friends. Right. And your best friends, this is basic, the basic guideline here. They need to be righteous in God's eyes. So they need to be right with God. And they need to love and obey his commandments. They need to be living God-honoring lives seven days a week. There's a lot of young people in this room. Listen to me. These are the kind of friends that you're looking for. Right with God, living God-honoring honoring lives, not just at church on Sunday, but all the time. It's good. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So Zachariah is actually a priest. And one day he's at work, he's working in the temple, and an angel appeared to him and says this, don't be afraid, Zachariah, God has heard your prayer. 
Just make note of that. He was actually praying for a baby. The angel shows up, much like the angel showed up for Mary. And he says, your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. The baby that Elizabeth is pregnant with is John the Baptist. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, which is pretty amazing. He will turn many Israelites to the Lord. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. The baby that Mary was just prophesied to about. He's going to prepare the people for Jesus. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now, Zechariah, unlike Mary, he didn't believe what the angel said. And isn't that funny? He was actually praying for a baby. And when right. God says, yes, I've answered your prayers, he, he doesn't believe it. Mary wasn't praying, but Mary chose to believe. And because Zachariah didn't believe, he was supernaturally silenced until John the Baptist was born. He couldn't talk. Now, this is a whole other thing for a whole other message, but I just want to let you know, if you can't get your words to line up with God's words, then you need to shut up. up. Yeah. Be silent. Silence yourself until your words can line up with God's word. Okay, so here Elizabeth is. She is in the hill country of Judea, and she is six months pregnant with John the Baptist. This is where she's at when Mary hears about her in Nazareth, and when Mary hears this bonus news, this birth announcement, or this pregnancy announcement that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant even in her old age, okay? Now back to Mary. The angel talks to her, and then he leaves, and the very next verse says, a few days later... Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. She did exactly what the angel thought she might do if she heard the news that Elizabeth was pregnant. She went to go see her. Now, I want you to notice two things about this. First of all, there's a distance between 80 to 100 miles between where Elizabeth was in Judea and where Mary was in Nazareth. So that means that if Mary traveled by animal... This was like a four or five day trip. She could probably cover about 24 miles a day. Now think about how scary this must have been for young Mary. She was traveling alone four days, carrying the son of the world, and uh, she went anyway. Son she of didn't God. let there, yeah, the son of God, not the son of the world. I guess the savior of the world, son there you of God. Go. Um, I'm sure it was inconvenient for her to have to pack up and, and think through what she would need to go and make this. Uh, journey, but she didn't let the fear and she didn't let inconvenience stop her. She yeah. went to go see Elizabeth. She had an appointment with her. The second thing I want you to see is that she hurried on her way to Elizabeth. Okay, the angel left her. She took a few days to process things, but when she knew that she knew that she knew that the angel had mentioned Elizabeth for a reason, she made up her mind, she packed her bags, and she hurried out to go see Elizabeth. Listen, yeah. if you're here this morning, when you are facing things that have you, like Mary, feeling confused, feeling disturbed, feeling afraid, or maybe you're facing something, you're pregnant with this God-sized dream and you haven't yet wrapped your mind around it. Whenever you find yourself in those seasons, be like Mary and yeah. hurry and go out and see a trusted friend and process with that friend, That's especially good. if it's a friend that is like Elizabeth a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. You know, Elizabeth was six months further along than Mary was. Elizabeth was God-fearing. She obeyed God. And the other thing about Elizabeth is that God had specifically put her on Mary's heart. You know, this idea of we have a best friend that we turn to when anything happens and we tell them everything. 
That's not what we see here. We see that God had an appointed friend, a trusted friend for Mary in this season. That's really and good. And Mary went to her. She hurried yeah. and went to her. Don't let your fear of getting out of your comfort zone, of it being inconvenient. I don't have time to sit and talk with this person. Don't let those things keep you from hurrying to a trusted friend like Elizabeth. That's not good. just any person, not just any time. Notice she didn't leave right away and just start running and telling everybody what happened. She yeah. waited a few days. We see some sp spiritual maturity there. And then she hurried to go see Elizabeth when she knew the time was right. I'm convinced yeah. that the counseling sessions that we do, pastoral ministry that we do, that they would be cut in half. If only people had a best friend like Elizabeth right. appointed to them in that season of life. And they understood that. And when things came up, they turned. They didn't wait, but they traveled. They went out of their way, hurried to go to that friend. And in that friend's presence, they left ready to do the next right thing. Instead yeah. of where we find so many people at rock bottom, hoping that a pastor or that a counselor can put everything together for them. Again, they never let anybody in along the way. They ignored when God dropped people's names in their heart. They pushed that down and they just kept going and then they end up rock bottom. It's if, good. If you will turn to those friends and you will hurry and be like Mary, I'm telling you, things can be different in your life. That's so good. So let's lay some ground rules here for what this looks like, all right? So if, if you're married, what does this look like for you? Well, God's highest and best is that if you're married, that your closest friend would be your spouse. But I also understand that for some people, that's not possible. Uh, maybe your spouse is not a believer. Maybe your spouse is, is not really pursuing marriage like you are and wanting to make it work in a godly way. Or maybe uh, your spouse is an absentee kind of person or they're just not helping you in that area. We, we've had times before where Sarah's needed some, some help and, and I would give her advice or give her direction in that, but she still needed something more. And that, that happens sometimes. You need an outside friend. Look, Mary has Joseph. She's engaged to Joseph, but she doesn't turn to him right away. She turns to this other person. So, so what does this look like? If you need a trusted friend, what does that trusted friend need to look like? Okay, here's some ground rules for you. If you are a man, the trusted friend needs to be someone in your life that is the same sex as you. In other words, a man and that loves you and loves your marriage and is fighting for your marriage. Amen. If you are a woman, you need to have someone in your life that is a woman as well, same sex as you, and that loves you and that loves your marriage. Yeah, so I, I looked this week, I tried to research in the Bible and find a story where there was someone who was married and had a really close best friend relationship with someone that was not their spouse in the Bible and I could not find it. Yeah. It does not exist. And there's a reason why it doesn't exist because there's so many things that can begin to happen in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex. Now, I get it. Like, if you're one of those people that, like, your best friend is your sister or something like that, I can't relate to you, but hey, more power to you. I love my sister, but that's just never been our thing. She was mean to me when we were kids. So I'm still trying to forgive her for some of those things. But anyways, Brooke, I love you if you're listening to this or watching, but yeah, you know where, you know how it rolls. Okay. Um, but when you have, so what does that person need to be? They need to be someone who loves you. They're, okay, so here's what I'm getting at. There's all these problems that can arise. Like, okay, you, you have a relationship with somebody. There could be unreciprocated feelings that are going on. You say, well, I don't feel that way towards them. Well, you don't know that they don't feel that way towards you. And maybe because they feel that way towards you, you may think that they love your spouse, but they're actually trying to undermine your marriage right now. And do damage to your marriage and break your marriage apart. There, there can be sexual temptation that can rise up 
I've heard about a lot of people that had affairs because they were hanging out with somebody else and it just went too, one step too far. And next thing you know, because they didn't, they didn't put boundaries in place. I'm just telling you, it's just not worth it. So you need to find someone that loves you, that loves your spouse, that will fight for marriage, and will will be in there with you that is of the same sex as you, not the opposite sex. All right, so let's pick back up uh, what's going on with Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 41. She She rushes out to see Elizabeth, and when she gets to her, look at this. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we've got five points for you this morning, five things that we learned from this story that we're gonna help you. Here's the first one. The best friends are spirit-filled friends. The best friends are spirit-filled friends. If you're new to New Song Church, here's what I mean by that. Uh, A spirit-filled friend is someone who is filled with the fullness of relationship in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what that means, we, we just did a series called Within a couple of weeks back. I'd encourage you to go back, listen to those messages, because we talk about what it means to have the fullness of relationship, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and what that does. The Holy Spirit is your helper, and he wants to help you. And one of the ways he helps you is he has spiritual gifts that he, he, he gives to you that allow you to walk in a, in a greater version of yourself in the lives of other people and for yourself. So, so through the Holy Spirit, you've got gifts like prophecy and discernment and encouragement and faith and healing and words of wisdom and words of knowledge that can flow through you and not only be a blessing for you, but they can be a blessing to other people. My question is, is that happening in your friendship relationships? Is, are, are you spirit-filled and allowing the gifts of the Spirit to function in your life? Right. And this is so important. A few weeks ago, I had a friend, uh, a word of wisdom for a friend of mine. And it was kind of touchy, a touchy subject. I was a little bit nervous about sharing it. There was a little bit of correction in it. And, uh, but I knew by the Spirit of God that I had to bring it up. And so I asked the Lord to give me boldness. And my prayer was just, Lord, I love this person too much to not be bold and share this word that you've given me. And so we went to breakfast and we're talking and talking. And I kept trying to like make excuses and like forget, forget it. Like it's no big deal. I, maybe that wasn't God. Uh, but... I kept feeling like it is, and don't ignore this, and you asked for boldness, here it is, be bold. And so I just splurted it out, and my friend got so mad. She got up, she stormed out of the restaurant, she texted me and said, I never want to talk to you again. No, I'm just kidding, that's not what happened at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not listening to this point. She turned around, or she, she looked at me in the eye after I said it, and she was like, I've been praying for seven days, and I've been asking the Lord if I need to deal with this. And the word of wisdom that you just brought lets me know that I do need to deal with it. So she wasn't, she wasn't mad. Not only was she wasn't mad, she was like, you were an answer to prayer. So this is so important that the gifts of the spirit that God has given us, if we're spirit-filled friends, we can see this operate in our friendships where we're an answer to prayer for them. They're an answer to prayer for us. The faith, the healing operating within our closest yeah. friendships. Let's keep reading here. Verse 42. This is after Mary comes in. It says, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed. Everybody say exclaimed. Exclaimed. It's a good word. Exclaimed to Mary. God has blessed you. Check this out. Above all women. That includes her, right? It's interesting what she's saying there. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me when I hear your greeting? The baby in my womb jumped for joy. So Elizabeth is operating in the gifts of the Spirit here. She's prophesying. Mary just came in 
Mary's pregnant, but she's not that far along, you know? And this is her first baby, so she didn't have the like elastic tummy yet where the baby's just popping out. Like she's probably still looking pretty good. Not that you don't look good when you're pregnant. No, you look good when you're pregnant. Ladies, when you're showing. Beautiful, glowing women that are pregnant. We love that. See, that was a word of wisdom and correction in operation right there. You saw it. Um, because we're best friends. Yeah, there you go. What was I talking about? I don't even how, know. How she looked good because she wasn't showing yet. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why are we applauding this? Okay, so my point is, my point was uh, that she knew by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Right. And think about how confirming that had to be for Mary. You know, she's had these dreams and these visions from the angel, but I'm sure she's still kind of going, did this really happen? Am I crazy right now? And then she walks in, and, and Mary's able to confirm that. That had to be so confirming right. for her and what God had called her to do. And, and then notice how Elizabeth does it. She exclaims. She has a loud voice. Here's number two if you're taking notes. The best friends are loudly secure friends. Amen. Friends who will celebrate loudly what God's doing in your life will exclaim over you loudly. God, Mary comes in, and Elizabeth goes, God has blessed you. God's blessed you even more than he's blessed me. You are a blessed woman, and that baby inside of you is blessed. God is doing something amazing in your life. And for her to do this, this took some maturity. Right. This took some security on her part. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time, guys, that you went up to a buddy of yours, and you are like, man, you are, you are a way better husband than me. And I, I, I need to spend some time with you. I need to spend more time with you because I see how you treat your wife and how you lead your family, and I, I need to learn from you. I need to spend some time with you. I'm, I'm calling that out of you, and I'm saying that I need some of what you got. Yeah. When was the last time, ladies, you did that with another mother or you did that with a business person? Hey, I, I see how you, you operate in your business and you, you lead your family and you, you do it all and navigate it all so well. I, I see something in you that I need in my life. When was the last time that you called greatness out of someone and and, and exclaimed in a, in a loud voice what God was doing in a certain area of their life. Right, and we're not talking about comparison. Some of no. you may be thinking, that sounds a lot like comparison, and comparison is the thief of joy, and should I really be like looking and trying to measure up against them? Like, Are they better than me in these areas? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you see the blessing of God on somebody, yeah. when you see the anointing on their life to do certain things, and right. you recognize that, and you call that out in them because you're loudly secure in what God has called you to do. Yeah, and so that good. helps you to be secure and celebrate what people, what God is doing in others' lives. I love that Elizabeth was so secure in what God had called her to do. Think about this. She, um, she wasn't chosen to carry the Savior of the world. Right. She was chosen to carry John the Baptist. Her son was not the one that we're singing about this morning. And yet, when Mary walked in, it wasn't like, why her? That's not fair. Why not me? Right. I'm older. I, I'm righteous. I'm, I'm, I'm a person that lives godly. Why did you call her? Why her, not me? She didn't do that with her friends. And we can't do that in our friendships. Why, why is she getting that and I'm not getting that? Why are you using him that way and not using me that That's way? Really good. She was confident and secure that God had called her to this part of this amazing story that we're living in right now. This was her part to play. And she was so secure in that that she had no problem loudly celebrating what God was using uh, Mary to do in this world. I love the, the uh, way she ends this. 
her loud greeting. In verse 45, she says, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Number three, the best friends are Bible-believing friends. She looked at her and said, Mary, you're blessed because you believe the Lord would do what he said. You believed God's word. You had faith in God's word, and because of that, you are blessed. How many want to be blessed in here this morning? I'm not talking about, like, got to blame it on Jesus, hashtag blessed, Bruno Mars kind of blessed. I'm talking about the blessed that Elizabeth is speaking over Mary, that you are blessed by God that you are spiritually uh, favored by him, that you are uh, full of joy and happiness. That's the blessing she's speaking over Mary, and she's saying, you're blessed like this because you believe God's word. Yeah. We need friends, and we need to be friends who will always, always, always point us back to the word of God. That's so good. I want my friends in my life, when I'm going through things and I am not feeling what the Lord is throwing my way, and I'm maybe having a hard time with something, I want them to look me in the eyes and say, Sarah, you either believe God's word or you don't. That's the kind of friends that we need in our life. Yeah. You either believe it or you don't. I know it's hard right now, but you either believe God's word or you don't. Let's believe God's word because that's where the blessing comes in. That's good. I was talking with a young girl a couple weeks ago who's going through some heavy things, and um, she goes to see a counselor once a week. And I said, let me ask you about the counseling that you do once a week. Do you guys ever talk about God's word? And she said, well, sometimes we do, but sometimes I tell her I don't want to talk about God's word today. And I said, well, just so you know, that will never, ever fly with me because the heavy things that you're dealing with, if you want to break free from those, it, but you won't allow me to talk about the only thing that you can put hope in, the only thing that will heal you and fix you and hope you, you won't let me bring up the word of God, then we're wasting our time. Yeah. It's good. And that's the kind of approach we need to have in our friendships. Don't tell your friends, don't talk to me about God's word right now. Receive it, hear it, even if you don't want to hear it. And you need to, to be the friend that's going to challenge them that way. That's so good. Oh, and this is good too. And the way that we know that, that they are Bible-believing friends is that if we see them actually doing it. Yeah. Okay, that's how you know if they really believe it. Not that they just know it. Not that they can just quote it and put together a message about it and they have all this scripture memorized. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a friend who they not just know it, but they believe it. And you know they believe it because you see it in their everyday actions. Yeah. They are doers of the word. So the best of friends are Bible-believing, Bible-doing friends. That's good. Okay, so what does having a spirit-filled, loudly secure, Bible-believing friend like Elizabeth do for Mary? Okay, so remember, Mary's a real person, really dealing with some real issues here. She's She's been... Uh, riding a donkey, you know, all these days to get to Elizabeth, probably dealing, you know, she's, she's newly pregnant, so maybe she's dealing with some sickness there, some nausea. She's dealing with some questions, like, what are people going to think? What's Joseph going to think when I tell him this? Like, like, sometimes we forget, like, this really did happen. Like, she's got to go to Joseph and be like, hey, I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. Like, it wasn't me and Jimmy over here, like this was, it was the Holy Spirit. Like I was, this is conceived through the Holy Spirit, Hebrew Jimmy. It wasn't him, okay? It was, so, so this is, this is what she's really feeling. And then she shows up and she, she meets Elizabeth and God begins to minister to her. And what changes? Well, now we see that she's full of faith 
and she's, and she's encouraged, and she begins to prophesy. Right. Listen to this response. So she has this loud thing, this loud greeting that Elizabeth says to her, and here's how she responds. Mary responded, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. She's receiving what Elizabeth is prophesying over her. Then she begins to prophesy about this baby. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked down tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. I love this part. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Yeah. Like she's having this moment of like everything that he's promised all the way back to Abraham right up to now. She's seeing her place in history, her place in this story of redemption. Number four, the best friends are praise party friends. We see that Mary throws a praise party. I love her response. I want to be like Mary. When someone encourages me, they prophesy over me, they share a verse with me, I want to respond with praise and dance yeah. and burst forth with God news. But here's what happens. Our flesh doesn't want to do that. Our flesh wants to stay full of pity. Our flesh wants us to be pitiful. We want to have a pity party instead of throwing a praise party. That's yeah. what our flesh wants to do. Mary could have responded. Think about it. When she walked in and Elizabeth greets her and says, you're favored. And she's so excited. Mary or Elizabeth could have been like, or Mary could have been like, calm down, Elizabeth. Like, calm down. It's not as great as you think it is. Let's talk about everything negative that could, you know, that's yeah. going to happen with this. Can Think about the ridicule I'm going to face when I go back home. Like, I didn't even get much of a say in this. No one's going to believe me. And not to mention, someday I'm going to have to watch my son die on the cross for the sins of the world. Do you know what kind of burden I'm under? Like, she could have been like, hey, let me just be real for a second, okay? <laughs> have you ever done that with a friend? I'll do that. I'll say something to Josh, and he throws a scripture at me. I'm like, let me just be real. But that's not what Mary did, and that's not what we should do. We should respond with praise. And we should, we should rise up out of our, our desire to be pitiful, and we should start to praise God. Um, a, few, a few weeks ago, I went through something heartbreaking. Like, my heart literally felt broken. Yeah. And Josh was with me, and he was praying for me. and um, Saying good stuff. Saying good stuff. It was all good but stuff. But it was bouncing off, It man. was, yeah. <laughs> so I left. I left the house, and... Um, driving, praying. I didn't break her heart, by the way, too. No, it wasn't him. Just so that's clear. No, it wasn't him. <laughs> Looking like an idiot up no. here. I don't want to. No, uh, but I was driving, and I was praying, and just like the angel gave Mary Elizabeth, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a friend's name, Yeah. and I called her. I didn't wait around. I hurried, and I called her up. I didn't know what she was doing, if it was an inconvenient time, um, and I just started crying, and I told her what happened, and she prayed with me, and she encouraged me, and I don't remember a lot of what she said, but I do remember she said this. She said, Sarah, you can be like Paul. You can look at this, and you can say, none of these things move me, Yeah. and you can do what, what you need to do, and I said, that's it. When she said it, I was like, that's it. That's, it just hit my spirit. That's what I need, 
And it wasn't like, no, 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 hold on, let me be sad for a little bit more. It was like, nope, that's it. None of these things will move me. I got it. Thank you. I love you. Hung up the phone, got home, told him about it, began to take my next steps, and I began to speak that over myself. None of these things move me. But I had to choose in that moment to rise up and receive what she said, receive what was scriptural and in the word, and walk forward and do what God has called me to do. So be the friend that grabs on when your friends encourage you. Grab on to the word, receive it, and burst into praise. All right, look at verse 56, Luke 1, 56. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned to her home. Here's, here's number five, you're taking notes. The best friends are boundary-setting friends. Come on. Boundary-setting friends. I'm sure that Mary wanted to stay around, stick around for a while with Elizabeth, but, but Elizabeth didn't let her because Elizabeth had an assignment. Elizabeth needed to give birth to John the Baptist. And, and her husband, who hasn't been able to talk, is about to get his voice back. And he's probably going to have some questions and have a few things that he wants to, to get off his, his mind, you know, and, and share. And so she, she recognizes she's got something to do. And, and she also recognizes that allowing Mary to continue to stay and hide there is not going to empower her to do what God's called her to do. Put, guys, go ahead and put that up here on the screen. And we'll leave this up here for a moment so you can take pictures of it or jot it down. But this is so good. Go back to, there you go. Sometimes helping someone step into the fullness of God's plan for their life means you have to step back and allow them to trust God on their own instead of allowing them to always lean on your understanding. Proverbs 3 tells us this. It tells us that we're to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. And I think for a lot of people, we recognize, okay, I understand I can't trust me. I can't trust what I'm feeling. I can't trust my emotions right now. So, so here's what I'll do. I'll trust you, my friend, and I'll lean on you. I'll put the weight of my life and everything on you. I'm in a crisis right now, and I'm just going to trust in you, and I'll let you be my understanding. That's not what the Bible says. Right. It says that I'm to trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. Here's the idea. i got to lean on His understanding. i got to trust in what He's saying and believe Him. And this is what Mary had to do too. She couldn't stay there and hide. She had to go face her assignment. She had to go talk to Joseph. She had to deal with the ridicule. She had to go face what God had called her to do, and so did Elizabeth. And if Elizabeth doesn't allows her to hide there, she's not helping her step into what her assignment is. Right. And so recognize today that God hasn't called you to, to play that role of allowing everybody to hide. Now, I get it. We have seasons sometimes where people are in a season of crisis. That's Mary had a season of crisis where she turns to Elizabeth to draw some strength from her. But there was an end to that season for her to step out and to trust the Lord. And if you're just allowing everyone to lean on you and lean on your understanding, you're trying to play a role that God never intended for you to play. Listen. If you're taking notes, jot this down. God has not called you to be someone else's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's our helper. He's the one that's going to walk with us in life, right? That's his assignment. And, and there are seasons of crisis where we, we step into that role sometimes in people's life for a season. But, but if we remain there and live there and walk in relationships with people where they keep us there, you are not allowing them to trust in the Lord fully and step into what God wants to bring to them, which is real freedom. And you're going to keep yourself from what God's called you to do. So here's, here's a question for you. In that relationship, in that friendship with that person, I understand crisis, I understand seasons, but are we living in a crisis? Right. Have we been in a crisis for years? When they call you and they, or you get a text from them on your phone, do you go, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and it's been this way for years. If yeah. so, 
you need to set some right. boundaries in place. Are they taking away from your time with the Lord? Are they taking away from your spouse, your children? Are they becoming emotionally draining or making you depressed, anxious, or overwhelmed? If so, you've got to put some boundaries in place. And we can't give you the five steps of how to put boundaries in place in friendships. We know it's not an overnight thing, an overnight decision. Um, but I do want to encourage you, if you're, if you're thinking of somebody and you're going, yeah, I need to put boundaries in pl place, pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to do. And then it would be wise for you to read some books on boundaries, like by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, you can even just Google, like, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, Friendship Boundaries, and you'll find some great, great articles. Uh, so be sure to do that. And then today, if you're here, and maybe you're getting some perspective on friendship that you haven't had in a while, and you're thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a good friend or haven't been a good friend or... I don't have great friends. I don't have these kind of Bible-believing, spirit-filled, loudly secure friends in my life. And you're kind of going, I, I'd like to make some new friends. I want to help you uh, this morning. We're going to get super practical. I've got less than, my time is out. So we're going to go super fast, super quick. Uh, but I want you to know these are basics. Like sometimes we overcomplicate friendship, but we see our kids make friends so easily. So we're going to go back to the basics. Like Kobe Bryant says, we can't get bored with the basics, okay? The first one is join a group. If you're not already in a group, get in a new song group because there's where you're going to find people who love God, are living God-honoring lives seven days a week. You can do it at newsongpeople.com slash groups. You can visit the lobby. We've got men's groups, women's groups, uh, holy yoga groups, pro prophetic painting groups, board game groups, all the groups. So go out there, uh, find a group if you're not already in one. If you are in a group or you join the group next thing that you need to do is make a list of every person in your group that's the same sex as you. All the girls have a list of girls. Guys have a list of guys. Pray over those names and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you a person in that group that you can deepen your friendship with. And then once he reveals that with you, make it your mission to have consistent, positive interactions with that person once a week. You yeah. got to go out of your week, uh, out of your way. Like, how can you interact with them positively once a week? Maybe it's a text message that you send them. Maybe it's a phone call. Hey, I'm on my way to work praying for you. What can I pray for you about today? Maybe it's grabbing a cup of, cup of coffee or doing a workout together. Once a week, connect with this person and you'll begin to see your relationship grow. You'll build some equity there. Um, and then uh, fourth, go further. Make it your goal to find out some things about them that you may not know. You already have some things in common, like you go to New Song, you love God, you're in the same group. Build on those things, but then find out more about them. Are they a coffee lover? Are they a vegan? Do they love to climb? Is their name Jackson Wilson? Like, this is, this is what you got to find out about them. And then number four, you go, uh, we already did that, go further. But here's the thing. If you treat people as acquaintances, they will stay acquaintances. So, so many people, I don't have friends, I don't have this kind of Elizabeth Mary relationship with anyone in my life, is because you're treating people like acquaintances. You have to get attentional, you have to go after them, you have to uh, set your mind that this is what you need in your life and you're going to go after it. Yeah, that's good. And then invite the Holy Spirit to, to help you to be that person who's edifying and encouraging the people that you're connected to. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate this. We think that, you know, in order for us to walk in the, the gifts of the Spirit, it has to be in a church service or it has to be in a setting like this. But, but encouraging someone could just be that, hey, you've been praying and God put them on your heart and you just share something with them. Uh, I don't know of a guy in the church that was, a few months back, he was dealing with an addiction to chewing tobacco, and he was struggling with this, and, and, and he was, had a few days where he was doing pretty good, but then he had a day, and he kind of let, let his guard down, and he went inside the gas station, and he got some dip, and he was going back to his car, and he, he gets a text when he gets in his car from a guy in his group that goes, hey man, believe in God over you, just want to encourage you, you're doing good, keep fighting, and he's like, 
Okay, fine. He throws it away. And he found freedom from that. But listen, that, that little text that you felt like was just, hey, I believe in you. You're doing good. That was a Holy Spirit encouragement that was there when he Naturally needed it. Naturally so, supernatural. Exactly. So and expect that God's going to use you. Expect that the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be working and operating and functioning through you and then share them when they come your way. You can be a best friend, a spirit-filled, loudly secure, Bible-believing, praise party-throwing, boundary-setting, best friend. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, we love you today. And we just pray over uh, every person in here this morning. And we just say, Lord, that we desire to be Mary and Elizabeth type friends. We want, you to, we want to be close to people. We want to, uh, to be led by you, by the Spirit of God, to speak into their lives and minister to them what you've called us to minister to them. And so we just say, Lord, to, to guide us into those right relationships and to help us be that best friend you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you don't have the most important best friend relationship you can possibly have. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe today you would say, I don't feel like I'm close to God. God feels like he's a million miles away from me. Well, listen, God wants to be close to you. And that's why he came down from heaven and died on a cross so that he could be your best friend. So he could be close to you and love you and help you and forgive you of the mistakes that you've made. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to, I'm I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me. And church, since we're all in agreement, let's all pray this prayer together out loud. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I confess that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I believe that Jesus rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life, my past, present, and future. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's give those a hand that just prayed that prayer for the first time. I'm going to go ahead and invite the altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today and you have a prayer need of any kind, maybe you're dealing with something in your body, maybe you're dealing with something in your mind, maybe you're believing God for something. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And since it matters to you and to God, it matters to us. And so we'd love to pray with you, join our faith with you in whatever it is that you're believing for. So here in just a moment, we're going to go back into a song of worship. And during that time, you can come down. And I would encourage you to leave whatever your prayer needs are. Leave them here at the altar. Church, would you stand with me this morning? We're going to go back into a time of worship. I'd encourage you right now, if you have a prayer need, you can feel free to come on down. If not, let's just engage with the heart of God one last time. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we say, Lord, thank you for loving us the way that you do. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today that has a prayer need of any kind, that you would give them boldness to step out and receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.